Hello and welcome to our season finale of Out of Hours with Not 9 to 5, the podcast where we unpack the future of work and careers with the help of our friends from across the working world. My name is Eleanor and I have the pleasure of speaking with our guests and sharing their valuable work-life lessons as well as advocating for the best strategies for managing worker well-being and shouting about the latest examples of automation because life is far too short for boring admin. By sharing these experiences, we hope to strive towards flexible working freedom and finding that perfect work-life balance. In episode six, we were joined by Samantha Holes, who's the head of collaboration at The Melting Pot, which is a co-working space in Edinburgh. Sam joined The Melting Pot eight years ago and is involved with hosting and overseeing the space, as well as strategic planning and coordinating community engagement and events programmes. Originally from Melbourne, Sam is an avid traveller and spends most of her free time planning her next weekend jaunt to Europe. She can also make a mean cocktail. So, make yourself a cup of tea, or perhaps something stronger, and let's get stuck in. Three words to describe my job. I would say it is diverse, unpredictable, and maybe this is a cheat, but I think it's true. I would say it's collaborative. It's in the job title, but it genuinely is a job that I couldn't do without a range of other people. The advice and the long-term learning process that I have had around, essentially it can be summed up as over-promising and under-delivering is not actually a good thing. (laughs) So just don't be afraid to say no if it's not realistic to get work done. Don't be afraid to push back, to be really strict on your priorities. And it's not worth taking things on for an organization and then burning yourself out as an individual because no one wins in that situation. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. Um, Yeah, it's that kind of obligation that you feel to say yes, often to please people. That fear of saying no and, and wanting to demonstrate your amazing abilities and then yeah it's it's, exactly there's only so much we can do as human beings Um, yeah and I think particularly I mean the the melting pot is very supportive in not letting us individually get burnt out but in a small organization it can also be really difficult if you're sitting in a meeting and we've all decided that x project really needs to happen and then you look around the room and realize that you're the only one who can really action that project out of the three people that are there it's incredibly difficult to then kind of say, no, I can't take it because uh-huh. it's, it's quite challenging. So much easier to delegate jobs than it is to actually do them, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Spend a lot of my time in the melting pot. I do sometimes need to just get my head down and focus or just want to stay warm in my own house. So I do have a bit of a nice setup here at home. I've got a a flat that I share with two other people. So I've got a bedroom big enough to have a desk that is sat by the window, which is really nice. Um, Trying to get some of that winter sunshine. And both of them also occasionally work at home. So sometimes we'll have a little pop-up co-working space in our kitchen, which (laughs) is also good for me. I'm uh, probably to no one's surprise. I I just love being surrounded by people when I work. I find it really hard to work in isolation. Uh, I can usually do one day working from home on my own. And then, but if I get a couple of days in a row, it's, it's too much. I need someone to talk to. Mm. And I, I guess that's a really fundamental part of the melting pot, isn't it? Is yeah. and like interacting with people and being around other people and feeding off other people's energy and talking ideas through with people. And it's, yeah, 
it's really really important yeah as I mentioned the mission of the melting pot is to stimulate and support social innovation so that started as what was quite a novel idea at the time way back in it was 2005 when Claire had the idea, 2007 when we opened uh, one of the first co-working spaces in the UK. And it was just designed around creating a hub where people who work for themselves, who face all those challenges that we've now all become familiar with of working from home, being isolated, uh, particularly, you know, paying for your own heating bills, those sort of practical things, but also lacking that community. And particularly if you're starting your own business or even as a freelancer, lacking peer support and uh, people to connect with and just help guide you with your journey in whichever workplace you're in. So Claire had the idea to start a, uh, a practical work hubs, which are the spaces where you can come and have a desk, but it was and always has been just the vessel for us being able to build a community. So, so the first, uh, uh, I guess a year and a half of the pandemic has been in two parts. The first half was really adjusting to everyone being in their houses and considering how we could use the tools that we already had and the skills that we'd already knew about community building, what works and why it's important to be able to support people and our community throughout that process. So being able to say, okay, well, we actually, we can still help people, not in the same ways that we could, but we do have something here that might be of value and, and, and what can we do to keep people connected? So really adapting to that quite quickly. Uh, and then also just reassessing um, our long-term business prospects and what it would be like in this new world, what's going to be needed once we all do come out of our houses and can we service that in our existing building and with our existing business model, ultimately decided that it was a really good chance to take uh, an opportunity of all these office buildings that were now going to be empty and much more available to us so we did make the big call which has proved to be I believe the right one to move out of our old space that was we really had outgrown for the past couple of years and uh, take a leap into a much bigger premises with the Ford the Ford planning that we now just have everyone is now essentially a digital nomad just about you know everyone who has ever worked in an office just about knows what it's like to work from home, has experienced flexible working, is probably continuing to flexible work based on, you know, what we've heard. We're a year and a half into the pandemic and there are still enormous amount of organisations that are not yet sending their employees back into the office. So for us, we found a new premises. It's about two and a half times the size of our old space. We moved in and opened uh, in May this year and have spent the last six months populating, but also adjusting to this new climate that we're in. So for us, it's really interesting in that in some ways, the market has come to us in terms of we've been doing this for a really long time. We've been supporting flexible working. We've been supporting building community um, when you are feeling isolated. So a lot more people are aware of and now in need of these resources, which is fantastic. But for us, it also means that our market has shifted in a way that it has grown. So now we have these resources that we can use to help so many more people than we ever have in the past. We've got so many people who have never experienced working for themselves, adjusting their own timeframe, deciding where and how they work best, um, not automatically having someone to talk to every time they go into work, you know, all of those sorts of things. So for us, it's been also been a fantastic time to really reassess what the world of work looks like, 
what people need and how we can best adapt our business model to be able to service that and how we can continue to help people in this really confusing and difficult transition period that we're in. And that, to be honest, we're probably all going to be in for a little while yet. I don't think the adjustment of work life is is going to settle for a little while. Yeah, I think what is very clear to me from what you were saying just there is about how there's, I think, one of the things that why many co-working spaces have been kind of having much more business and what many kind of larger businesses are still kind of stuck in the past a little bit around is um, you have a real like understanding of the needs of the people that are coming to your space and a real kind of openness to listening to what they need and kind of responding flexibly um, as an organization. And yeah, I think it's it's really fantastic to hear that you're doing so well. And, and I think, yeah, there is still a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, and it's great that you're kind of, you've been behind a lot of kind of uh, publish various reports and kind of looking into the future of work um yeah so I think what in terms of what you're not doing and and the reason why people are, are coming to you and, and 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 enjoying and really thriving in your space um what is it that kind of traditional um business models and the kind of whole conventional nine to five office space in one fixed location um what is it that they're doing wrong and and what how can they kind of yeah what I guess if you could speak a bit about some more of the benefits of flexibility yeah absolutely so there's there's a few layers to it obviously as as an organization we it benefits us that we are not the employers of the people using our space so that enables us to provide the resource for people but they get to choose as and when they want to use it so I do recognize that for employers, they are in a really tricky position in that they're obviously quite hesitant to order people back into work in any way because they're obviously taking on a responsibility for that. Whereas for us, we can just provide the resource um, for people to come and go as they please and as they feel comfortable. A lot of people have used the pandemic to decide to go freelance, which is fantastic. We really support, but that means they're really, really new to the business, still building up business connections. So if they can come into the space and have a chat to one of our team about what they do and kind of what they're looking for or where they might be struggling, then we will do our best to introduce them to anyone within our community, which is at the moment, I think at last check, I think we're at about 180 members in the space and growing. So it is quite a vast network to be able to draw upon. Um, and yeah, that's obviously an added benefit, uh, particularly if you've just started your business, as I said, um, particularly at the moment, everyone is keen to come out of their house and meet other people, but everyone is still also really nervous about meeting other people, particularly new people in a workspace. It's really hard to read you know, the environment, where people are at, what their level of being COVID nervous is. We've all lost some social skills across the last year and a half. So from what we've experienced, people really value, even if it is just a very low-key social, knowing that there will be someone there holding the space and facilitating the space. So you're not you're not too worried about turning up and oh, is there going to be anyone there or will I have to talk the whole time or you know all of those social nervous things we can actually say well no it's fine there's going to be a melting pot host there we'll introduce everyone we'll keep it lightly facilitated and probably at the end of it you'll hopefully have had a really nice chat and met some new people and it's a very easy welcoming space for you to do that rather than 
dictating or directing as traditional officers and employers still seem be, to be keen to do. Um, you know, we've heard a lot of organizations kind of saying, well, we'll go hybrid. You have to come into the office three days a week on these set days. It's technically mm. hybrid, but it's not flexible <laughs> whatsoever. So, you know, for us, we, we structure our membership so that you can be super flexible if you just need one day per week or a certain number of hours per week, right up to having your own desk and you can have keys so you can come and go even when we're closed. Um, and we can also be really flexible. We don't, we just have month to month contracts. So that makes everyone's life a lot easier. Again, in a time where a lot of people are experimenting, they're still really, really new to how they want to work. They've had a taste of, they probably have their whole life working in offices to set nine to five. They've now just had a forced taste of working from home, but kind of being forced to work from home the entire time. I think a lot of people are still in the phase of trying to figure out what their own personal ideal is. They, they don't really know what they like and what sort of balance they need. So our memberships are able to give that flexibility to chop and change and go up and down as and when you need whilst you figure out which, again, traditional employers can do, but it's a little bit more difficult, I understand, if, you, if you're trying to manage an entire organisation. I think you're in a really interesting position as like as you mentioned like the first co-working space in the UK you've been in the game for 14 years and one of the things that a lot of people are suggesting at the moment is potentially the kind of co-working a regional co-working space is perhaps the solution to having kind of centralized urban um, offices that people commute into and that also obviously there's many kind of um, ecological benefits on the environment by not having to have these long journeys and, um, and you mentioned about kind of even just cycling into the office and kind of having mm. that time to um, yeah just make having a low carbon commute is, is fantastic um, and so as a as an organization that's been in the game for a long time and has probably watched many similar kind of organizations crop up um, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on on the kind of um, people's predictions around that being the new model of working? I think we agree with that to a large extent. Um, the way that we see it is probably that co-working fits as that middle space. So I actually don't think that the office is dead completely. I think that organisations absolutely will continue to have a need to get their staff together in a central hub, whether that's only once a month, um, whether that's different staff members at different times. I think there's, there is still going to be a need for that space. I think a lot of people are still going to enjoy working from home uh, to, to varying levels. So there will still be a need to provide flexibility for that. But then I do think there is still a space in the middle, which is, well, as you just mentioned, like traditionally offices uh, are at the end of a long commute for most people, particularly a lot of people moved out of urban centres during the pandemic, so that commute has potentially become even longer. People don't necessarily want to be in their house every day, but they don't necessarily want to commute into the office for various reasons, especially if they don't know if there will be anyone in the office. This is the other issue that we've had organisations come up with that, that problem recently that yeah, that without scheduling everyone come back in on the same day, then the office is empty and then no one wants to come back in. So a co-working space really fills or potentially can uh, fulfill both of those needs in that you want somewhere to go, you need to get out of the house, um, you'd like to have some people around you, you don't want to go too far. 
as you say, particularly with if we see an increase in more localized, um, particularly rural co-working spaces as well. Um, I think it's just a fantastic opportunity for everyone to just welcome that into their mix. And obviously, particularly if it is, you know, a small localized space, then you're also connecting with your local community even further in a space of probably like-minded people that you might not otherwise have met. Sometimes we keep our local communities and our work communities very separated. So it's also a really nice opportunity to integrate those two things. Um, I believe that in, in the future, there is a lot more room for growth in that, particularly in Scotland. It's, you know, Scotland itself is really a country of a number of small towns and villages. So there's just a huge amount of opportunity at the moment to, yeah, really grow those small localized co-working spaces that can serve their community who don't want to commute for hours to come into town to work. I hope you found this episode useful and if you have any questions or want to see what Sam and the Melting Pot are up to, you can find all of the links in the description below. Thank you so much for tuning in to our first season of Out of Hours with Not 9 to 5. We're going to be busy planning our next series, but feel free to drop us an email at hello at not9to5.co.uk if you'd like to speak to us about anything we've discussed in the podcast series. Keep an eye on our social media for news about when we're going to be back. But in the meantime, stay safe, stay well, and best of luck striving for your flexible working freedom. Thank you for listening.